Many would agree that a person does not set out to become addicted to a harmful behavior or substance. Children are warned of the dangers of drugs and sometimes they take the risk anyway. But other addictions begin in what seems to be a harmless distraction. Adults have access to so many things online and as we raise our families, it seems that earlier and earlier ages, kids are introduced to online programs. But the dangers of online addictions are pitfalls for adults and can ruin marriages. And doctors are only now discovering the changes in the neural pathways of children due to excessive screen time and social media. So what can we do? Well, for those attending the White Mass and Dinner, you will hear from an expert in the field. Sister Marisha Weber is a religious sister of Mercy of Alma, Michigan, and a physician certified by the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology. Now, the event is coming up October 14th. We'll focus on adult online behavior. That's open to the entire community. But this morning, Sister Marisha is joining me today to talk about social media and the effects on every family. Good morning, Sister Marisha. Thank you so much for joining us on The Morning Blend. Well, good morning, Brenda, and thank you so much for this opportunity. Sister Marisha, you are a sister and a doctor. How did you become a doctor and also answer God's call to your vocation? (laughs) I actually entered the community. I was already a doctor. I had finished one year of family practice. And when I entered the community, being very drawn, oh, very much of a surprise, I um, wanted to do cardiology and went to a small rural community to discover that um, one of the physicians at the clinic was a nun, and the nurse was a nun, and the administrator was a nun, and they invited me to go pray at their convent, and it happened there that our Lord stirred in my heart, and to my surprise, I realized that he was calling me to religious life. So that was not expected at all. And so after much prayer and discernment, I, I entered the Religious Sisters of Mercy of Alma, Michigan, and then my mother general asked if I would be willing to switch specialties and consider a residency um, in psychiatry, which was a bit daunting <laughs> because I thought, my goodness, you know, I'm far from perfect. And, you know, to be in this area, and she said, well, just tr- pray about it. And I want you to train at a very good place. So I want you to go to the Mayo Clinic. So I actually did a six-week rotation there. And lo and behold, which is not typical, they offered me a residency in psychiatry at the Mayo Clinic. And so I knew that that was God's Yes. And so I said, yes. And I have to say that after decades of having the privilege of working with individuals who have a variety of areas of suffering, to see the grace of God working in their lives and the privilege of accompanying them has been very moving. So I'm just so grateful that God called me to this community, to religious life, and then also to this special work as a psychiatrist. What an incredible story, sister, and we are so looking forward to hosting you coming up on October 14th at 5.30 p.m. It is the White Mass. Archbishop Alexander Sample going to be celebrating at Holy Rosary Church here in Portland. Sister, let our listeners know who aren't familiar 
why a white mass for healthcare workers? Good question. Well, the white mass actually took its name from the white coats that in the day physicians were wearing. So it's a way to mark though all healthcare providers, not just physicians, but all healthcare providers. So please come and join us. It's a beautiful evening, starting with Holy Mass. And the intent really is to ask God's blessing upon all healthcare givers, as well as the patients that are cared for, because there's a real um, knowledge, a keen appreciation that healthcare providers are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And that those who suffer are not alone. And because Jesus became incarnate, he redeemed all of suffering. And so we want to acknowledge that healing power of Jesus and no better place to do it than at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And then I understand it's going to be quite a nice meal to follow. So we would love to have as many people there as possible and to share this topic on screen addiction why you can't put down your phone, which was not an expected addiction at all, because I think it's important for more people to become aware of how this is working and the effect that it's had quite unwittingly, um, quite surprisingly um, to many. So I think knowledge is really an empowering factor that hopefully will impart to those who are able to attend. Sister Marisha Weber joining me today. She is with Sisters of Mercy of Alma, Michigan, a board-certified physician and the guest speaker at this year's annual White Mass. It is for healthcare professionals, but the event is open to everyone who has an interest in hearing more from Sister. Well, Sister Marisha, in your presentation, you're going to be speaking about screen use and how this has contributed to screens being one of the most pervasive, addictive behaviors we have today. Tell us more about it. Yes, Brenda, we never thought that when the internet first came out, that something that you see with our most sensitive sense, and now there's more sounds involved, could create an addiction. But what the research has undeniably communicated over these decades, that indeed, screen use it's actually overuse, has created changes in the brain that are just like substance abuse, like what you see in alcoholism, what you see in crack cocaine use, which was never expected. And so that's something that I think was quite a surprise. And, you know, now so many are, are using, you know, the, these um, devices, especially now that we have this cell phone that only came out in 2007. So when you think 2007 was not that long ago, but apparently a few statistics, 95% of teens use social media every day. Mm -hmm. And a third of them say they use constantly. They're not stopping to use it. It's constantly driven to do that. There's an urge. Why is that? And 90% of children under one today, this is a study by the Journal of American Academy of Pediatrics just a few years ago, 90% of children less than one use a mobile device daily to play games, watch videos, use apps. And this is an even more surprising statistics. And even every year that I do this, it gets younger and younger. This same study said that children begin to interact with digital media by two or three months of age. So we are now seeing this urge, this desire to kind of pick up and look at these images 
because there's signs of withdrawal, because there's an addiction that has evolved that we never anticipated. And really, I think the culture has been kind of surprised. We've almost become like the victims of something that created an addiction that we never knew would. And that's why I think it's important to, to talk about. Oh, I listening to you speak, I can just recognize in my own daily behavior how even moments of quiet, maybe those moments where God is urging me to connect with him, my first inclination is to pass the time by looking at my phone. And boy, this is a topic for every single person. Every person is invited to join the annual White Mass. It is coming up October 14th. Sister Marisha, there is more that I want to talk to you about. I am fascinated by this as a parent, as a grandmother, and I need to know a little bit more. I'm already coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? Absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you. And I am back with Sister Marisha Weber. She's with the Sisters of Mercy of Alma, Michigan, a board-certified physician and the guest speaker at this year's annual White Mass. It's coming up on October 14th. Archbishop Sample will celebrate Mass at Holy Rosary Church. The whole community is invited to attend. Adults, please join in in a very important discussion on internet pornography addiction that Sister will be talking about that evening. Today, Today, however, well, we are talking about a subject that every person, every parent should be aware of, and that is the addiction of screen time and online use and how it's becoming younger and younger. Sister Marisha, thank you so very much for staying with me today. Oh, my gosh. I'm, this is, I'm so excited to have an opportunity to speak with you. Um, so thank you for the invitation. Sister, in our first half hour, you talked about how young people, how teenagers have this urge to use their phone, that they've become addicted to it. Now, for myself, I've recognized that also. I've even used the taken the opportunity to give up Facebook, TikTok platforms for Lent. To be successful at that, though, sister, I recognize I had to actually delete the apps from my phone because knowing that they were there, that I could just touch the button was just too much of a temptation. And in fact, I never got back on TikTok because I recognized the addiction that I had gotten to that and the amount of time that I was wasting. So how do social media apps capitalize on those types of addictions to make their apps popular? Well, thank you for asking the question, because this is so common. So many of us have an urge to pick up the phone and look at what's going on. And, you know, as technology improves, so does the ability to engage and arouse. And indeed, these social media apps really have capitalized on this potential. You know, I want to go back to historically, around 40 years ago, there's a psychologist that did a study on pigeons because they did understand already that dopamine is the neurotransmitter that wants you to seek, desire, do again that which was pleasurable. So he dropped food pellets and then tried to see how much dopamine was released. What he discovered was that when he dropped food pellets at unpredictable times, that more 
dopamine was released. And so they would have a greater urge to seek the food pellets. Now fast forward to our current culture. You remember Mark Zuckerberg, you know, who wanted more engagement in his Facebook. Um, you might recall that Facebook initially was something that he developed when he was um, in college. And it was really an electronic um, directory where there was to be a picture of a faculty and the students and maybe with the faculty where they were working. It was pretty static, so people weren't going to pick it up much. So when he had the brainstorm to create this as something for the general public and named it Facebook, he was disappointed because people were not accessing it very much. So it's 2007. He has millions of um, persons who now are, you know, on Facebook, and he's saying to his neuroscientists, um, please devise something that will make persons want to pick up their phones more frequently. And guess what that was? It was the like button. It was the like button. Uh. Because that completely changed Facebook. It transformed it into an interactive app. And it accessed the same unpredictable positive feedback that motivated Ziegler's pigeons. So anytime that you saw a like, you, you were like a gambler. You wanted to see what, what the message was. So it made you desire to find out what it was, to seek what you know, the message was about. You may not even like the message. But you see here, this is the urge. And today, our smartphones have so many <laughs> feedback buttons. And so Twitter, Instagram, Google, you know, all of these now have really harnessed what is called the power of variable reinforcement. But now the neuroscientists have gone even farther. So it's not just something that you see, but now they've added the sounds, the ding, the buzz, the whoosh. Um, do you remember your high school psychology class about Pavlov's dogs? Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. So you remember he would ring the bell and then put down food and then ring the bell and put down food. And after a time, he would ring the bell but not put down food. And the dogs began to salivate to the ringing of the bell. Now, a bell has nothing to do with food. But what he did is he began to condition the dogs to associate the ringing of a bell with something pleasurable, like food. So now we have the whooshes, we have the dings, we have all of this. So it makes us want to seek, desire, look. So all of this is dopamine. Mm. But, but... Our brain not only has a seek, a desire, but it also has, this, that's, that's called the, um, the wanting pathway in our reward center, which is in the center of the brain. We also have what is called um, a liking pathway. And that liking pathway releases um, our natural body's endorphins or our opioids. So it's a feel good. So for example, if I enjoy, you know, a hot fudge sundae dripping with, you know, um, caramel sauce, I can really enjoy that. But then I also have a natural um, place in my, my rewards and you've had enough. So then I'm no longer hungry. But dopamine would want me to seek more and more 
and more hot pot Sundays, even though after two or three hot pot Sundays, it, it's not it's not pleasurable anymore. It, okay. It's actually uncomfortable. I see where you're getting at, sister. Thank you so much for that. And boy, when you were just talking there about those like buttons, I think we all could maybe admit it to ourselves that if we ever post something online, what are we going back to check? Who's liked it? Who's looked at it? Who thinks about me when they see this? And it, you're right. It feeds it and feeds it and feeds it. And before you know it, you have spent so much time looking at your phone and I can see how those addictions start. This is some of what Sister Marisha will be talking about at the annual White Mass. All is not lost, Sister. There is hope and there are ways to change this. Maybe we don't exactly know how to do that. So what are you offering in your presentation that can, well, offer us an alternative? Well, I'll offer many practicals of how to purify the memory and imagination and uh, so, you know, basically, in um, May of 2023, the Surgeon General put out an advisory letter after consulting many experts and their research, um, and he called it social media and youth mental health. And in summary, while he described that there was social media had many benefits, he also said, and this is a quote, there are ample indicators that social media can also harm children's well-being. So my hope is that offering this presentation that we can educate individuals because education is really empowering. Because if we're not aware of how something affects us, we can't bring it to self-knowledge. Once we have some self-knowledge, then we can begin to make more reflective choices because choices shape who we are and who we want to become. So once I have some self-knowledge, I can take a little self-direction once I have a little self-direction, I might develop a little bit more self-control, a pause, a ponder. No, I've had enough to eat. I'm full. No, this is not good for me. Even though I have the urge to do it, it's no longer pleasant. I don't even like the messages anymore. I'm doing this now to get rid of the anxiety I have because I'm not looking at what I'm seeing, you know, what, what's, what's buzzing at me. And so the hope is with this self-knowledge, we can then develop some healthy self-control and then self-discipline, which really is true freedom. That's the dignity of our human person. Mm -hmm. And then really work towards a virtuous life so that when we're freer to make choices because we understand the effect it has on us, then we can be freer to, you know, seek true happiness, grow in holiness, rather than these false, you know, pleasures that overstimulated our pathways that really has created very unknowingly to an addiction that I never really intended. I never intended to be addicted to my phone, and I never intended to my neurotransmitters to be misdirected away from the balance that naturally God placed there because he created me. He loves me so much. And so I've, I've disformed, I've malformed this, but then the hope is, we can purify the memory and imagination. We can work with these. And I offer a lot of practicals in my presentation. And I also have a book out called Screen Addiction, Why You Can't Put Down That Phone, that's available to the general public on, you know, any, um, you know, if you want to get on Amazon and everything else. It has a lot of practicals in there as well. Well, Sister, 
I am just so encouraged by your discussion. I think many people, I think people who will be attending the dinner will be so glad they did. We are looking forward to having you here in the Portland area. Thank you so very much for your time today. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. And I wish all of you well. And please come to this dinner. I'm going to really drill down a lot more specifics, especially those of you who are healthcare providers. And I think everyone who's in healthcare needs to have a Uh, a few um, interview questions and signs that they look for in their patients that they care for to really help guide them towards this freedom, to free them to move towards holiness and a life of virtue, which is what God desires and what we all desire for our patients and our own well-being. So thank you again. And again, that is Sister Marisha Weber. She will be the guest speaker at the annual White Mass Dinner. It is coming up on Saturday, October 14th. It is open for the entire public. And if you would like to attend, you do need to RSVP for the dinner by October 9th. I will be sure to add all of the information to where you can get right to that registration You'll find that link on the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com and, of course, on the Hail Mary media app.